Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. First issue. Everybody, it's Wednesday, April 17th, 2013, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle, and I'm in the house with Steve Say. Good afternoon. Mr. Bob Ryer. Aloha. And Miss Stephanie Cook. Hello. All right, guys, we are back for another Talking Comics Podcast. Just so you guys know, a little bit of a shorter show today, um, but we'll be back next week with a full-length, fully-featured show. Uh before we get into comic book stuff, I, I I think that even though we are an entertainment show and that's that is why people tune in and listen to us and uh, the the events in Boston uh, this week obviously hang heavy on all of our minds um, and we you know we just want to let everyone know that we're thinking about the people there we uh, we all know people who live there and uh, it's a scary time it's an unfortunate time. And I think that in a time like this, we only need to stick together and, and at least try to stay positive. You know, um, Stephanie, I know that you're mentioning next week at Boston Comic Con, uh, there's something going on, right? Yeah, this weekend, actually. Oh, it's this um, weekend, sorry. I'll be there for Boston Comic Con, and they are not canceling uh, the show. So anyone who was planning on going, who was thinking of not going, you should definitely continue to support that event because we shouldn't let these things, you know, control what we do and the kind of enjoyment we get out of life. And what more fun can we get out of life than at comic book conventions? Mm-hmm. Um, at this particular con, they have an art auction going on. And originally they were planning on donating all of the funds to um, the Mike Waringo uh, we, we yeah, Foundation. Yeah. And um, that's awesome. That's a really great foundation. If you don't know about it, you should look into it. But, um, they're going to be additionally donating uh, proceeds to the Red Cross uh, relief effort for the victims of the Boston Marathon Massacre, I guess. I, is yeah. that what it's being called? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So if you're going to be at the event, I don't know if they have anything set up for people outside of Boston. But um, look into it because if you want to support them and um, get some cool art and things along the way, this is a great way to do it. Yeah. And, you know it's a lot of people are donating to charities and that's wonderful. Just make sure that you guys out there, you don't need to establish charities. Anything that cropped up after the event happened could very well be a hoax. And, and it probably is one. So just only places like the red cross. Uh, we're going to put a link to the red cross uh, in, in the show notes. So if you guys feel like you need, you want to do that, that's the way to do it. Um, don't want to spend too much time talking about it. Cause obviously that's not why you guys are coming here listening to us. But, uh, just let me know that we're, we're thinking about them and, and that, and that is that, uh, moving on, uh, to happier stuff. Uh, first of all, last week there was a big, I guess, hullabaloo, uh, Good word. also made by us about Apple, um, apparently, 
not allowing Saga number 12 to be put on their apps because of some sexually suggestive material. <clears throat> the day after uh, this happened, the, the on Wednesday when the book was released, uh, the Comixology CEO put out a press release saying basically it wasn't Apple. We never submitted it because we looked at it and decided that it would not pass their regulations mm-hmm. and we didn't want to try to do a seem like we're playing a fast one of them by submitting it. Um, they said that, you know, since then Apple has contacted them, said it was fine and it would be up and it went up on Wednesday for people to buy. Uh, so it's a turn of events. That's very interesting. Uh, it's weird that didn't happen the same day that all the controversy went on, but that's really a, a just a correction on the fact that it was comicology and not Apple that did this. Well, comicology thinking Apple would ban it. Yeah. Yeah. So they preemptively censored it. Yeah. But then in the aftermath, Black Kiss and Sex Number One, everything went up too. Yeah, so they so threw everything else up there too. Uh, it it is odd, even as we discussed though the, the it's the timing of it, and then for what they did it for, mm-hmm. when you know four what three pages into the first issue, the the guys with the TV heads, Robot Six, whatever is yeah enjoying they're enjoying each other and all the rest of it. Yeah. So it is sort of. It's weird. I mean, but yeah. obviously, if Comicsology, if now Sex Number One is up there and Black Kiss is up there. <laughs> it seems obviously that this is what Comicology has been doing the whole time, Th- look at reading Apple standards and not and not submitting them and just holding them back. So we'll have to see what happens mm-hmm. from now on. I mean, the things we said last week still kind of hold uh, in the same way, you know. But uh, it's just the different company that that did the censoring. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. It is a little weird that they waited a whole day to yes. say something. They let Apple yep. take this massive fall. Mm-hmm. Just and the... I mean, go on, Steph. Sorry. They just didn't have it. They didn't step up and say a thing but i mean i think it's also again important to remember that they bring us a really quality service and the fact that they mess up on this i mean it's a big deal to a lot of people but at the same time the work and the quality of what they do should be something that we don't overlook no absolutely steve um, no, I just I, I want to state before I say what I'm going to say uh, that I do agree with Stephanie and we do need to remember all the great things that they bring us. Um, but I don't wholly buy it. I just don't. I don't buy it. Um, this book has had child sex slavery, um, interspecies, intercourse, mm-hmm. a, a bevy of things that would have made it questionable beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it's directly because of the content. I just I just think the whole thing is shady, and it, t- it took them 24 hours to respond that it almost seems as if maybe that there was a conversation that we don't know about where one rolled mm-hmm. over for the other just to keep everything copacetic. Um, I, but I'm, that's, I'm, the ty- I'm the kind of person where when things like this happen that I always feel that there's more to it than we're told. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, we do get a, a, an ocean of amazing, amazing products from this service, and there's no reason not to use it in the future. It's a great, great service. Yeah, and whatever so, the error was in the, in the first place, they did correct it. Yes, so, right. you know, that's it. Stephanie, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say there's always stuff that we aren't told. It doesn't matter, though, because the stuff that we are told, if the service keeps going, if the things are amended, who cares? Yeah, it's just me being paranoid. <laughs> well, you don't need to make it. Not you, but I know, like, well, you too. But there's been, like, all these conspiracy theories. Let's get over it. I mean, no offense, but they worked it out. Comixology's still running. Apple's still running. And we don't have any stake in, I mean, 
like financially, it's their problem to work out. We no, still I mean, get don't what... get me wrong. I don't give a shit about it today <laughs> or anything like that. I just, it's one of those things that when, pe- if anybody should bring it up to me in the future, I'd, I'd kind of shrug a little bit and be like, yeah. all right. Yeah. I mean, in the end too, they're, they're privately traded companies who get to decide what they put out and when, when they put it out. It's just kind of the, uh, the consistency of, of the guidelines. I think that it, that is in, in question here. Uh, and one other really quick uh, news story, um, friend of the show, uh, Curtis Weeb, we've had him on a couple of times talking about Peter Panzerfaust. And uh, yesterday they announced uh, the Peter Panzerfaust uh, uh, motion comic and with a, a really kind of big time uh, voice cast. Uh, uh, Elijah Wood is voicing Peter and Summer Glau uh, of you know Serenity, Firefly, Sarah, the Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Uh, fame is voicing Wendy uh, with Ron Perlman uh, voicing uh, Captain Hawken, who is the series incarnation of Captain Hook. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dante Bosco, who played Rufio in the 1991 movie Hook, <laughs> will return to Neverland Universe as the voice of Elaine. Didn't no. say it right. So, um, go ahead, Stephanie. Rufio. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Carry on. All right. Uh, I mean, that's really it. It, it, it it's cool. I, I, I haven't heard of um, a motion comic being announced with this level of voice talent before. I mean, there's obviously a ton of motion comics out there, but it's pretty cool that this this level of voice talent is going to be Have you ever there. seen a motion comic? Yeah, I've watched a couple of them. I watched oh. the Watchmen one, uh, and I watched uh, Astonishing X-Men one, the, the uh, <clears throat> Joss Whedon one. Uh, I've never seen one before. Yeah, they have a bunch of them on Netflix, actually. Ooh. Uh, they have... Uh, I believe they have Spider Woman, Agent of uh, Agent of Shield, sword, sword, Agent of Sword, or whatever is on there as well. Cool. So, anyway, yeah, that's very cool news. It's very yeah. very cool news. Yes. Congratulations to Curtis. Yeah. Um, it's being produced by BBC. Yeah, he's he's mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is finally some news and, and some forward motion. Well, apparently, if this that. goes well, they're going to move into a live action show. Yeah, that yeah. that's the hope that they would translate into that. Nice. And uh, there's going to be a preview of it at C two E two at the end of the month. Oh, yes, that's right. Thank you, Stephanie. That was part of the news story as well. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's going to be there, you should definitely go to that panel and check it out because you know shit's going to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so well, let's move on to our books. Stephanie, what do you got for us today? I have read Dark Horse's Amala's Blade. Um, I was a little hesitant about it because it wasn't a title I'd heard a lot about, mm-hmm. but I had it on my iPad and I decided to check it out. And um, the first issue came out today, so I'm just going to note that the one that I'm talking about is the zero issue from a little while back. Okay. Um, I haven't checked out the first one. I've got it, but um, anyways, this is a really beautiful comic written by Steve Horton and Mike, uh, an art by Michael Dialinus. <laughs> yeah, Dialinus. Sure. Da- sure. da- anyway, whatever. <laughs> no, shh. Anyways, but it's got it all like it's really beautiful i love the art if anyone's familiar with faith aaron hicks um i found the art style and like the colors kind of similar to her work and she's a web comic artist um who does like i think friends friends with boys um and there's a few other big ones that i'm currently forgetting but anyways it looks like that and it's basically like it's got a feisty lady as our lead character amala Steampunk ships, ghosts, cyborg, pirates, and monkeys. Mm-hmm. Soul. Um, Soul. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And like prophecies and 
shenanigans on the open seas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to turn this into a rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, uh, I think what really sells it here is cyborg pirates and monkeys. And when I say monkeys, oh it's a cyborg monkey. Uh, wait, it's a cyborg monkey besides? Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> right? Totally. Is this a um, trade or a single issue, or what are we dealing with? Coming here? out in single issues. So okay. I read the zero issue. Um, uh, issue number one's out today from Dark Horse. Uh, I don't know how great it is, but basically it follows the story of this girl. She's um, raiding pirate ships and she's getting into shenanigans, and she's kind of followed around by these ghosts. And they're telling her, you can't be doing this, blah, 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 blah. And the gist of it is kind of she's, I think, supposed to be like some highborn somebody and she's run off because she doesn't want to <laughs> deal with what she's got to deal with and uh she goes pirating as, you do, as you do not the kind on the internet <laughs> so, she it was a lot of fun i enjoyed the issue the art was really cool and um i i want to see where it goes because it looks like something that would be a pleasant distraction from some of the other like superhero stuff and some of the other serious independent stuff that's coming out so uh, check it out. That's cool because I, you know, I saw it on the shelf and the the cover just didn't. It's one of those things where the cover just didn't grab me. And yeah, like, same. Yeah, so it's cool to hear that it's that kind of fun. You know, I I think I was thinking more. It was going to be serious and dark and more like stuff like that. And it's cool to hear that it's just a, a lot of fun. A romp. It's, I mean, it has. It looks like it will take a bit of a serious turn, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of, you know, telling the story too. Yeah. Um, Definitely check out the Zero issue and issue number one. Like, leaf through it on the shelves. And if you like what you see, pick it up. Because mm-hmm. at the very least, it's really cool art. And um, I'm going to see it through for a few more issues. And hopefully, it's great. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Anything mm-hmm. else, Stephanie? Um, basically, you know, the big ones. Uh, so, I don't know if anyone else is going to talk about them. But um, I'm sure we'll get around to Age of Ultron, Little Gotham, Batman, Batgirl. <laughs> Uh, we'll definitely get around to uh, Batman Batgirl. We can talk about Age of Ultron uh, now. It's it's tough again talking about this series because it comes out every week and it's you don't really. I feel like a week is too short of a time to to expect everyone has read through the book mm-hmm. before they're they're listening mm-hmm. to this. Um, I personally thought this was probably the my favorite issue of the of the book so far. Um, I don't know what you thought, Stephanie. I I think I'm done with it. Okay. Um. I don't know. It just didn't strike me. It <sighs> There's stuff happening, but I feel like the characters aren't acting in character. Okay. Um, and I get that there's extreme circumstances because we're, you know, shit's going down. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like everyone's kind of... It's like the same problem I had with AVX where people are acting out of character to force the plot. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I don't really like um, that. I feel like if you're going to write something like this, you need to keep the characters as close to like where they, I, I'm trying really hard not to spoil it. No, I understand oh. what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, um, no. I, I, and I realize for people who haven't read this, this is going to seem like nonsense. And I mostly <laughs> do speak nonsense. So, I mean, no, I don't blame you. you don't, you're doing fine. But it's it just the characters are acting unlike how they should act, and I don't like that. It's 
I don't know. I don't know how else to kind of. You're, so, you're sounding like me. It's the whole on model, off you model. You do sound debate. like Bob. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I guess maybe I got something different out of the book. I felt like there's a big decision that's made at the end of the book. And I, I'm pretty sure, Stephanie, that's probably what you're referring to. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the people who decide to go one way and the people who decide to go the other way, it, it makes sense to me for, for who they are. You know, um, but for those that, are, that have been worried that the book seemed to be going anywhere, uh, this definitely sets out like the, this is the apex point. This is the decision point of the book and where it goes from here, it can't help but be filled with stuff because the, the, the what's happening is what they're going to do is just, it, it can't go anywhere, but have a ton of plot coming, you know? So people are worried about that. I, I, I think there's that, um, again, it's tough to talk about too much without getting into the specifics of what's going on, but we do get the return of a character we haven't seen in a very long time, which which is pretty cool, I, I think. Um, did anybody else read it? I read it. You read it? What do you think, Steve? I don't remember it. Okay, so maybe we should not. <laughs> no, uh, go ahead. I no, never I, even started on this. I mean, yeah. I, I'm in, I'm enjoying the the event itself. Um, I find that I'm enjoying the tie-in issues um, almost more than okay. I am the actual event. Uh, I the. Uh, Sue, uh, Invisible Woman stuff was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, she got to you know display her powers uh, quite a bit, and I yeah. liked that. Yeah, uh, I like that everybody's kind of coming together mm-hmm. on uh, ma- making a decision. I mean, we're we're at the halfway point, yeah. already, and mm-hmm. uh, but it's weird. I it's coming out so fast that you would think that because it is coming out so fast that you'd be able to keep the momentum better, mm-hmm. but. I find that it's just it's getting lost amongst so many other things that I'm reading that I'm I'm finding it really difficult to focus on it issue per issue. I wish that I could just collect it till the end mm. and read it all in one sitting and just do the whole thing. I think it'll have a much more dynamic feel right. by doing that. Um but then again, you risk spoilers and being able to talk about it on the show. Yeah, yeah, no. That's absolutely true. Uh yeah, I totally agree. Like uh, I th- I think I've reached that like that midpoint mark where you're kind of just like you just want it all now mm-hmm. so that you you know what's going on. Like so apparently the the final two pages will be done by a different artist so nobody knows the ending. Yeah. Nobody will guess the ending. Mm-hmm. That's I mean I know it's only two pages, but the, supposedly those two pages are going to have a rippling effect mm-hmm. for the rest of the universe that that's what's keeping me into this right yeah so, yeah, yeah we'll see I, you know i understand that and for me it's not even the quality because i've been enjoying it it's just and i but i but i feel the same way you do just because i'm reading so much yeah that and because it comes out so quickly there isn't an anticipation build up right to each issue it's just like next 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 and i don't ever go oh god another age of ultron i gotta buy it i i enjoy it but it's just i don't get that sense of okay now now i get to read age of ultron and i get to see what's going on again and that that is something i think did you read um avengers assemble I did not know. It was very good. It was good. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. Well, so- can I just say one thing about this? Yeah. Like as far as the release schedule goes, I mean, I get why they're doing it as single issues, but if you're going to do it every week, you should have just released it in a trade. Mm. Like you're overwhelming people and ugh, it just seems like a really weird move on Marvel's part. And I'm sure they're still getting the numbers they want. Otherwise they would have just been like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, well, they're getting uh-huh. what, to 150,000 times 
eight or yeah. whatever it's going to be yeah. instead of 150,000 of a graphic novel, I guess. Yeah. But I, I agree with mm. you, Steph. If you're going to do it this quickly, mm-hmm. one large real graphic novel, one nice $25 hardcover book. Yeah. 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 Or if you did, you know, four giant size issues or something. Yeah. You know, I think it would work better. I mean, but this is the way we're getting it. And, and so you kind of have to critique it on the way, you know, yeah, like four, we're getting like it. Seven ninety nine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I would have been totally up for that. But yeah. Uh, Stephanie, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I know that Bob wants to focus on Batgirl good a bit. So I don't want to talk about that before we move on. Um, I mean, basically just kind of read the big ones that came out and mm-hmm. I reread one of the, uh, you know, Little Gotham. Oh, right. Um, that looks so. adorable. I haven't picked it up yet. Dustin Wynn's art is amazing. He's and it's so, so different than the stuff that he usually does. You know? Yeah. yeah. You can tell he really has like um, a background and love for like anime mm-hmm. and like manga and stuff because it's yeah. very like chibi, chibi, whatever. Chibi. Yeah. And I, I love his style and I love the story. Like, I, Bobby, you were mentioning that there was an additional story. I, I ha- I've had Little Gotham for a while, but I only had the Halloween issue and I thought this was the same thing but apparently there was more to it there's a thanksgiving there's a thanksgiving one yeah. that came oh, out on okay. thanksgiving as well yeah i didn't read that one i did read the halloween one which is like the greatest <laughs> damien learning how to like trick or treat and what halloween is yeah it's like one of the best one-shot stories you'll ever read it's 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 great and we get a new one in may like they're gonna start it's gonna be in print from now on so in may you're gonna get the, a new issue which will be pretty cool hopefully stuff like this too uh, the popularity will bring stuff like, um, you know, Jail Eight to, mm. you know, yeah, out too. Because I mean, it's kind of setting the bar for this can be outside of what our normal stuff is, and it'll still sell. So yeah, you notice it's, it's a it's a DC book, an all ages book that was handled really well. Mm-hmm. That if they could maybe use this as as a model to get a few more books like it, there you go, uh, incorporate yeah. some other characters. I mean, you could have a Green Lantern. You know, mm. little lanterns or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that would be great. But I, I, I read it and loved it. It's, it's right on par with like ABBs versus X Babies mm-hmm. and things like that. Maybe a little bit, um, a little bit smarter. Not mm. so much hijinks mm-hmm. in a way. A m- much more of like a, a lesson learned approach to it. And um, I won't spoil the end of the second story, but just wonderful and very heartwarming. I liked it a lot. I don't always love um, Dustin's art, like. He has this really messy style to him. Like, not everything's colored in. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I love... I mean, nine times out of ten, I love what he does. Occasionally, it just really doesn't work for me. But this particular style with the cute little, you know, Batman and Robin and everyone and the little villains, yeah. it's just so great. And his style works so perfectly for this. And, I mean, I love seeing him on other books, like serious books, mm-hmm. but... I think this is my favorite place like to see his work. Cool. Awesome. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> let's move on. Bob, what do you got for us? Okay. Uh, really quickly, because no one's going to bring it up, I just want to talk about the Uncanny X-Men cover just briefly <laughs> okay. that everyone loves. Can someone clue me in? Elanya was eight, got uh, aged in limbo to be about 13, and even in AVX, where she was mostly covered up, she seemed to be about... 16, 17? I think she's and, like 17 or something. Okay, like and now she's sort of a streetwalker with a sword. And I'm just, I'm just sort of wondering about that. It seems a real misstep for Marvel that they don't usually make. Uh, when in the same book you see a 
promo for the all-female X-Men book that's coming. And Psylocke, who used to walk around in mostly the all-together, is completely covered up, as is everybody <laughs> else. And it's just sort of interesting to me. Comment from anyone? I mean, I, I, Bob, her character is so badass and cool and strong that I don't even, even notice that she's okay. wearing like a midriff thing. Like, it doesn't even and, enter my like thought process okay. when I'm reading totally it. Totally same thing. Like, yeah. I don't know anything about her. I want to read more comics. Actually, she's on my list of people to backtrack and kind of find more stuff on. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that actually until you just, yeah. you know, um, she's generally. No, um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to mention that the um, if you collect, uh, there's an old series, New X Men, that has a four to five issue arc uh, drawn by Scotty Young uh, of her origin story, which is absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic. There's quite a number of uh, different series that focus on her character. She's actually quite uh, complicated as a oh, character. Yeah. yeah, her 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 introduction into the Marvel universe was. Uh, a little, I, w I don't want to say controversial, but just not not your everyday uh, character within the universe. Um, she cracks me up. I mean, aside from her being a badass, she makes me laugh my ass off. Mm -hmm. Her, um, not this particular issue, but the one before that, when they were trying to figure out how to get back at the Avengers, and she suggests going into the, the Avengers Tower and rearranging everybody's underwear drawers was just quite hilarious mm -hmm. to me. Well, she was always kind of badass, but always, she had a stylized X-Men uniform, mm -hmm. you know, the the, old, the yellow spandex, mm -hmm. and an armored arm, mm -hmm. and a big-ass sword. Yeah. And, she still has an know, armored arm. <laughs> yeah, she still has that. Yeah, yeah. And hot pants. She does have hot pants on. Yeah. Anyway, just, just so I'm glad I got nice with She still is young. Because I, I read her that way in AVX. Yeah, I think she's about, she feels like a teenager to me, Devin, like, a, yeah. like close to her, not a young teenager, like late, late that's teens. What I that's, what I, okay. that's what I feel like. Okay. Um, she's awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, always was a great character. I yeah, mean, yeah. she's she's Colossus's sister. Yeah. So it gives you a good start. Anyway, to real to books I actually read, <laughs> instead of comments on covers, um, quickly, Fantastic Four number six gives us a wonderful reintroduction of one of Lee and Kirby's great cosmic era villains. Uh, Ben's getting sicker, it looks like. Reed's mm -hmm. got problems, and mm -hmm. you should never threaten Sue's children. Talk about a great showcase of her powers. That book yeah. was the first time I've ever read a book and been like, okay, well, I see why. Like, yeah. I see yeah. why like people talk about her the way they talk about her. Mm -hmm. Awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah you can use her powers for offense, which yeah, yeah. doesn't happen as much as it should. I mean, Burns started all that, where yeah. he was like weaponry out of Invisible yeah, Force Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. It's like, Sue, stop wrecking the ship. Please, yeah. Reed says to her. Yeah. So that was a goodie. Um, Fearless Defenders is just better and better each month. I'm so glad I started picking this up. Is anybody else around the oh, team? Yeah, yeah. I loved that yeah, I issue. Loved it. It's great. You know that that you know the all mothers of Asgard send you know this crew to stop the mm. rise of the Doomings, including Annabelle Riggs with her little Viking helmet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's just hysterical. There's great action. So much great character interplay. Just really neat book that comes out of nowhere for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, Cullen Bunn had done. What were you guys reading that he was doing before? I know you were you were on him as a writer before. No, this he began. I, he had been he been writing Deadpool. He writes the mm -hmm. Sixth Gun for Oni Press, which okay. is a very very well regarded book. Um, I haven't read much of anything of his. I've read like scattered issues, but I've never read much. Yeah, of I want to read more. Can I ask you a question? Sure. I, I was wondering, how do they? I mean, um, how do you pronounce her name? Is it Hippolya? Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Okay. Yeah. It's Wonder Woman's mother yeah. in the DC universe. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my question. How do you balance the... I mean, I guess 
they're public domain, so both companies are able to use them to whatever end. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. have Hercules in DC, and they do, or mm-hmm. Thor. Thor fought Superman back in the 60s. <laughs> okay. Even while Marvel still had Thor. So mm-hmm. she's still that, she's still supposed to be of that, like, heritage and that character. Yeah, she's the queen of the Amazons. There's just yeah. no Wonder Woman involved. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's Which, what I figured. Yep, mm-hmm. there you go. Um... Hawkeye number eight. This is was just absolutely spectacular. Yeah, different, different kind of feel and a yeah. different level of engagement as far as overall story and character stuff. I mean, you're picking up on last issue and sort of inserting this story into the middle of it. Different time frames, different points of view from the various friend girls and yeah. work wives and whatever. Uh, still funny. But very dramatic. You get a real sense of who all these people are within the storyline mm-hmm. that we're presented. We get a character that goes all the way back to issue three, you know, with her uh, Dodge Challenger from yeah. back then. Um, great story, killer ending. Yeah. Uh, this book took a long time to read through. This is a very old-fashioned kind of comic. Yeah. Lots of small pals by David Aja. Yeah. Uh, beautifully laid out. The the designs of the pages itself, the outfits everyone's wearing, uh, just work by fraction Arja here yeah i i love i love the way this the stories interconnect and i love the differing time frames when you've it, it's interesting because fraction kind of sets up this this sort of like race against the clock thing and one of his things but then by the time you that thing resolves itself you realize it didn't even matter because mm-hmm. it, you were already seeing stuff that happened afterwards you know and i love that about it. i love that it was really just about these people and their interconnected relationships i love you get to see how close kate and clint are that she didn't care about anybody else's feelings she just wanted to make sure that clint didn't get in trouble yeah. you know and i i love that uh, about the book oh her line they avengered it out of me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh you read it steve yeah of course okay mm. i always read hawkeye mm. um i like I, I i like a book that can take a character that you're not necessarily supposed to attach yourself to and really feel something for them and for something to take you by surprise and have yeah. uh, no, no uh, nobody was talking about this issue really this mm-hmm. past week. I didn't really hear much buzz about it. I was quite surprised uh, given the events in it, but it's just, it's such a, powerful blend in so many so many different aspects of why we love comics the way that it's written the way the art is and the way it's presented it's just it's so much fun yeah every issue whether it's serious or not you still have a blast reading it yeah you know it's that issue in the pile that after you've read something really heavy you're like oh oh man i need a break oh this hawkeye (laughs) and you pick it up and you're like yeah yeah absolutely That's my thoughts on Hawkeye. And I'm sure we all feel coming into this whole project, even knowing these creators, Hawkeye, really? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Just just amazing. And longer term conversation, Batgirl 19. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's made some news this week, which we won't spoil for anyone, even though everyone else has. (laughs) Um, This has tons of other... Go ahead, Steph. Oh, did it like... Goddamn leg. I swear I didn't interrupt you before. Anyways, I was just saying those people should be punched. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. No, absolutely. Because uh, people are still catching up here. Um, but this, you know, if there was going to be a WTF month, this book mm. would have it. And it's not only for the thing that's making the news stories, which is handled, by the way, really quickly, very delicately, emotionally, wonderfully. It was it's not a gimmick as mm. someone who's been reading this book since the start there it was have awesome been... it was one of those things like i mean i knew it was coming yeah. for a while and it was 
what's the next panel going to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it, lovely that there was a page in between mm-hmm. to give you a little bit of a pause. But, you know, Gail's been hinting at this all along, you know, about secrets. And uh, I'm not going to say very much more, but it, the other big events here, you know, past the gatefold and mm-hmm. Barbara having to come up with ways around dealing with her brother, who we've seen do some very bad things over the last few years, her mom, her father. Mm-hmm. Uh, great action sequence. Barbara's struggling to get past having been concussed in the middle of this fight. Yeah. Brilliant art by Daniel Sampier. Gail's story's great. I'm so happy she's back. This is her first issue back. Yeah, and it's interesting because she's finishing off the story that Fox started in, in his yeah. two issues. So it, it's it's seamless in a lot of ways. And she takes over those threads and, and completes the story and lands it pretty much perfectly. Uh, yeah, it's great to see that struggle because it's both this highly emotional struggle and a highly physical struggle mm-hmm. that she's doing in this book uh, with her brother. And that, that stuff is, is really great. And yeah. leading, you know, moving forward, you know, we have a cliffhanger ending, a real yeah. mess is starting. Yeah. Stephanie, what did you think of it? I liked it. Um, I think, let me think. Ray Fox tried to take away from the focus of, um, I think exclusively Barbara because he knew that he couldn't do what Gail was doing. Yeah, yeah, that's what he said. He was doing, yeah, like he was just doing like that temporary thing. Sorry, every now and again it cuts out. So if I'm repeating myself, I'm trying <laughs> not to. But anyways, um, and he just did such a great job, you know, taking that focus away and making his own story. And I think that really pays off when Gail returns and brings the focus back to Barbara and kind of ties up you know, what's been happening. And I think the cliffhanger at the end is great. I, it just makes you, it's not one of those, ah, oh, those <laughs> bastards kind of, I mean, yeah. it is, but it's one, it wasn't done for the sake of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if there wasn't that cliffhanger, Gail still leaves it that you would want to read what's going to happen to Babs. Yeah. And yeah, it's all story driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just so great. I love the art. I love uh, Gail's work on it, and I'm happy she's back. It's, I think it was nice for there to be a brief um, change up, even though it was a bit controversial. I think it was beneficial to the series to kind of change the story and where it was going um, with a new writer, and then bring her back on and mm-hmm. have her pick up where uh, Ray left off. Mm. Yeah, it's a great issue. It's a, definitely a great issue. And kind of, is that it for your book? That's Bob? it for me. <clears throat> just, we'll just stay in the Batman universe real quick and I'll, wrap the, I'll, I'll kind of go on. Um, Batman 19 uh, decided uh, they're doing a two-issue mini arc uh, that's going to lead up to zero year. So we get like a very kind of self-contained two-issue mystery story here oh. uh, from uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. You know, the gatefold cover, the WTF moment, you know, Bruce holding a gun to Jim Gordon. Uh, you know, once you get into the story, uh, th- there's a reveal of a villain. And the villain, if you can imagine a villain who people would mistake for being Bruce Wayne, you can kind of figure it out. Um, I mean, I-, I guess it's not really a spoiler because it's in the middle of the issue. Uh, but uh, Clayface is the villain in, in-, in this-, this arc. And so you get some cool stuff with that. The, the best thing about it is you get Bruce and slash Batman. It's all detective stuff. It's oh. him just 
being analyzing DNA samples and going over bank records and flight records and clues, lots of internal monologue. Uh, and it's just great. You know, it's a nice change up from what we've gotten. And I've loved everything that we've gotten, but it's a nice breath of fresh air just to let's relax. Let's have a, a nice traditional story. Let's do it before we get back into the, the giant kind of more emotional stuff that Scott Snyder tends to deal with more than the detective aspects of the character. <clears throat> the art is of course, you know, gorgeous. Uh, Greg Capullo does a fantastic job, especially with Clayface. The, he he's very vicious and crazy looking and intense and he plays with it very, very nicely. Uh, really great stuff. Stephanie, did you read it? Yeah, I did. Um, and I enjoyed it. I was wondering where it was going because, um, I mean, you've already said who it was, mm. but I mean, there was a moment when I was wondering, um, a couple other possibilities as well. And, it wasn't so much a surprise, but I thought that it was a well played out story and I enjoyed where he took it. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's some, and it doesn't shoo away from the emotional stuff that's been happening. There are references to Damien in it and it's him dealing with that stuff very much in, in this issue. <clears throat> and then the backup by uh, James Tinian with art by Alex Maleev is a Superman, Batman team up story, uh, which Alex Maleev's art, I, I always really like it. It's very moody, very impressionistic. There's a lot of stuff happening in a very short amount of time here, so I feel like a little bit his art is not detailed enough for the amount of stuff that's happening. There's a lot of him having to explain. Yeah. Like, Batman has to explain a lot of stuff. And Superman Ooh. has to explain a lot of stuff. And it's not bad, but you know, a, a more detailed artist, I feel like, could have brought the story out in its short period of time a little better. But it's a, super, it's a supernatural story. Um, I don't so see it's, Batman with that often. That's yeah, good. and Superman. So you know, he says at one point, you know, you know that you know supernatural isn't my strong suit or whatever. <laughs> so I, I thought it was it was cool. And uh, the other big thing, obviously, was Batman and Robin nineteen, which brought Carrie Kelly into the universe. And we mentioned this. Uh, I, I think that Tomasi did it in a, in a very interesting, uh, organic way. I, I didn't find it to be off putting. She seemed like Carrie Kelly. Uh, and all the other stuff is happening. The Frankenstein stuff was really great in it as well. And the thing that Batman's being driven to do seems a little out of character for him. But when you consider the actual things that have been happening to him, it does not seem that out of character. The only thing I'll say about it is calling it Batman and Red Robin is a little bit of a, a, a misdirection. He is a character in it and he does have a big thing to do with it. However, it just seems like Tim Drake can't get a break in, in, in the new 52 <laughs> You know, he's in probably the last half of the issue and he has to do, you know, he does the right thing, but it's not a very popular thing to his mentor. And so it's just, it's a good issue, but calling it, he should have called Batman and Frankenstein is what it really should have been called. Batman and question mark. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, did you read it, Steve? I loved it. You loved it? I loved it. Mm. Um, I did not expect... I didn't. It actually was spoiled for me that Frankenstein was in the issue mm. uh, before I read it. Yeah, I was a little Well, he's upset. like four pages in. Yeah, but I hadn't <laughs> picked up the book yet. Yeah. So, you know, my, my focus was on Carrie Kelly being mm. back, not Frankenstein being in it. And then yeah. somebody just arbitrarily was like, oh, Frankenstein. I'm yeah. like, oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, you've just spoiled it for me because I haven't read it. So <laughs> I didn't... Oh. Hey, it I, wasn't me. No, I, I know, but I mean... All right. Well, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. He's in the third page. <laughs> and moving on, 
I really, really, really enjoyed it because I loved the struggle that was conveyed through Batman's actions. Him, I don't want to say too much. Stephanie hasn't read it. What? All right, fine. I'll be vague. <laughs> what goes on in the issue? Why he needs Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. Why he even brings him into the story? Or why uh, Tomasi brings him into the story is extraordinarily dark and mm-hmm. really, really, really explores uh, Batman and Bruce's desperation and his his mourning and just the the depth of loss that he mm-hmm. feels at the, yeah. the death of of Damien. And why he he needs Frankenstein's quote unquote help mm-hmm. uh, is just a really really uh, depraved place to to put him uh, mm-hmm. at this stage of the game, and it's I everybody loves when a hero falls and then has to come back from from being at the bottom, and I really think that while Snyder's Batman is kind of not dismissing the Damien thing he's still addressing Mm -hmm. it but he's kind of moving on to bigger things and you know bigger arcs and more villains and stuff um Tomasi's doing the job of really carrying the the Damien torch and the aftermath Mm -hmm. torch for that event and I just think that he's doing it with a lot of style and some really really great character moments and taking Batman to places that he's not going in the other comics that are available with his character yeah I mean if anybody was worried that they weren't going to pay off the 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 death, uh, they're absolutely doing it. And Snyder mm. has said from the beginning that he was going to let Tomasi handle it because that's the book that Damien lived in. Well, you even know? even Batman Incorporated. Yeah. I mean, the follow up issue to Damien's death was like it was okay. It wasn't. I just I just think that because this was Batman and Robin for you know eighteen issues mm-hmm. that it's it's right that I like the idea that that they're sharing the responsibility of playing this out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I expected to like it, mm-hmm. but I didn't expect it. I didn't know that that was part of that. The Frankenstein stuff was mm-hmm. part of it, and it just you know moved it up a notch. It turned it up to eleven. Yeah. for me. <laughs> and uh, closing out, uh, Uncanny Avengers, which has been. A disappointment, I think, so far to me, at least. The last issue picked up, and then this issue, uh, I'm not going to say a lot about it, but it's Thor battling Apocalypse, basically, in the past, um, with a young Thor, before he had uh, Mjolnir. And uh, what they're doing on Kenny Avengers right now, if anybody who has read uh, Remender's Uncanny X-Force, the two are starting to seem very similar now in, in their tone and the scope of their storytelling, and the quality in which he's telling that story. Th- these last two issues, I think, have really hit their stride. And I'm fully in now. If this is where he's going with it, you know, time travel stuff, lots of characters you don't see that much, uh, interesting dynamics, you know, conspiracies and things laid out. I- I'm totally in now. And anyone who loved that run and maybe hasn't been feeling this run, maybe they dropped off or maybe they, you know, just haven't, they just never picked it up. If you read five and six, and uh, I think you're gonna find something very similar to what you were reading before, and something that you're really gonna love. So, that's that's I'd say about that. I checked out. You checked out. I yeah. checked out after four, I guess it was. Yeah, the end of the Red Skull uh, yeah. arc. Yeah, I, I liked that. I didn't love it. Uh, this stuff now is is what I wanted the book to be from the beginning. It feels much more Remender to me than the his the, uh, the previous four issues felt. Okay. So uh, I'm highly invested and excited about that. Um, so that's it for me. Steve, what do you got for us? Well, 
I uh, decided to, I mean, I read a whole mess of new stuff, the majority of the new stuff, but I've been really trying to go back and work my way through my collection. I collect a lot of comics and I really am, am making a concentrated effort to read things in, in arcs and whole chunks. Uh, I read all of Bedlam, which is great. Um, little concerned about the art change come mm-hmm. issue number seven. I feel like Rosmo's art just feels very at home and creates an atmosphere within that story that is almost necessary to mm-hmm. the storytelling, but I could be wrong. Uh, I've seen, I can't remember his name who's taking over the artist, but I believe it's the artist that was doing Smoke and Mirrors, okay. which was the magical Steve Jobs yes. from oh, there you go. a long time ago. Uh, it's a little cartoony. It's a little like bubbly and light. And for that reason, it has me concerned because Bedlam is nothing about that at mm. all. So, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Uh, Nick Spencer is a great writer, and hopefully, um, both you know the creative team will adjust, and the new story will take on a different light. So, anyway, um, what I did happen to read, we had our Superman discussions a couple weeks back about what. Uh, what we would love to see our Superman stories be. And I wish that I had read this before that because I would have changed my creative team. <laughs> uh, I read Darwin Cook and Tim Sale's uh, Superman Kryptonite. Uh, it's a collected trade from a couple years ago. Uh, this book was great. I, I really have not had very much exposure to Superman. I've read maybe five issues of action and maybe one or two other things involving him. And that's pretty much my only exposure to the character. Um, really, really, first of all, Tim Sale's artwork is stunningly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I, I love his style, the way, the way that he portrays his characters, just really, really beautiful. But what, what Kryptonite essentially is, is it's a, I guess a retelling or just like an other story of his first exposure to Kryptonite. The story deals a lot with Superman and Lois and the balance of their relationship of him having to be Superman while still maintaining a relationship with Lois, she's feeling very, she knows what he has to do. She respects what he has to do, but she has her needs as well, emotionally, physically, you know, the whole bit. And um, being Superman really takes a toll on having a life outside of being that hero. He's needed almost at all Mm -hmm. times. And she's really feeling the strain of that. And it really explores the dynamic or part of the dynamic of their relationship. And uh, it was really cool to get in nice and close uh, to that and kind of better understand the way that they work. It reminded me a lot of um, like a Spider-Man, Mary Jane Mm -hmm. kind of situation. So uh, the plot of this is there, the, I guess the first, first batch of kryptonite, it's basically this gigantic cocoon-like rock, and it was traveling with Clark on his, or Kal-El, through space before he crashed landed on Earth, and something dislodged it, and they broke off, and they both wound up in separate parts of the world, you know, Clark winding up in Smallville, and the hunk of kryptonite wound up in a monastery of sorts, and basically led this very zen lifestyle they put it in the center the center square there was all meditation it was all peace it was all tranquility and it was very almost happy and happy to wait to complete its mission which was to find the last kryptonian Mm -hmm. uh over time 
things happen, of course, and war breaks out. And essentially, the rock gets moved from place to place, and it it experiences, or the entity within the kryptonite starts to experience power and um, like warmongering and basically evil within the world. And it finds that as as opposed to the peace that it it identifies that it, it almost forgot that this was a part of its mission and starts to identify with the warlike um, thought process of these people that are carrying it around. And it ends up in a place where it's very close to Clark. And Clark is going around talking uh, to Mon Pa Kent, and he's basically very concerned. He's just starting, he's just learning how to be Superman. Mm -hmm. And he's questioning his abilities. He's saying, you know, I can do all these amazing things, but nothing's been able to put me so down and out that I haven't been able to come back. I jumped into a volcano and I'm okay. Mm -hmm. What is going to be that thing that will hurt me, let alone might even kill me? So without going too much farther, that's what this story is about, is him finding out that there is something in the world uh, that can hurt him and that can hurt the people around him because he's not around. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really, really great character uh, exploration of Superman and like I said, we were talking about Superman, what we would like him to be. There's one line in particular in this, I don't have it in front of me, but he saves he saves a bunch of the like the henchmen or the villains or whatever, and the boss is trying to find out what happened, why it went wrong. And the guy says to him, he goes, you know something? He goes, the guy saved us. We were about to die. We set him up to die. Like We, we, we all wanted him to die, and he saved us. The look in his eyes... And his sense of responsibility for us and we're the bad guys that when he put me down and I looked into his eyes and I saw that he felt bad for me, that he wanted to save me. And like right there, I was like, that is mm -hmm. Superman. That's yeah. what he should be. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, Kryptonite by uh, Darwin Cook and Tim Sale. But really, really quick, my other comic that I delved really hard into and loved was uh, Matt Kent's Mind Management. What a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, I read the first issue when it first came out and didn't read anything past that. We're now uh, nine issues in, maybe ten, counting the zero issue. What a great book. What a great, great book. Uh, for those that don't know what it's about, it's about a girl named Maru who is a uh, failing novelist. She's had one book that ha was a success, and now she hasn't had one for about two years and she decides to write another novel based on this flight where when the plane landed, everybody had amnesia. The entire plane had their minds wiped except for one person who was missing from the manifest. He never got off the plane. Nobody remembers him being on the plane. Mm. And what mind management is, is it's an organization that is comprised of all of these people that through the power of the mind and misdirection have learned to be super agents within the world. Um, they're a part of advertising. They're a part of the government. They're a part of all of these things that we're not even aware of, that when you're you know, flipping through your, your Inquirer or Cosmopolitan mm -hmm. or whatever, your teen beat and stuff, that people, <laughs> not many people read TV or Tiger Beat anymore, but when you're flipping through these ads, that they're placed strategically and the words are arranged just so that it sends subliminal messages to your mind. And 
Perhaps the most wonderful thing about mind management is not only the ridiculously good story, the main story. Uh, Matt Kent re- uses every single inch of these pages along the margins of each side, the inside of each page is in the first arc. It's the mind management field guide onto how to be a mind management agent. So not only are you reading the main story, but if you turn the the book on its side and flip through the pages, you'll actually learn how to be a mind management agent and the mm-hmm. techniques that they use to do it. In the second arc, you actually get to read the, um, I think it's called premeditated or something like that. Um, the book that Maru had written that was a bestseller, they have that book inside the margins of the pages. So not only do you oh. get the comic you paid for, but you get a whole other book uh, as well. And on the front and back covers, inside back covers of the book, you get uh, profiles and backgrounds to all these agents that we haven't even met yet. Mm. It's just, it's chock full of information and it's really, really, really nuts to think of all these different people that are out there in the world that we may or may not know about that have been kind of manipulating history and and how we act within society without our knowledge. It's quite mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, and there's going to be a film about it from uh, Ridley Scott is actually developing a mind management film. I hope, 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 hope that they do a great job because this would make a fantastic movie, if not a series. Mm-hmm. So that was my favorite book of the week. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so we're going to do a, a, a listener question, but I believe that our, our illustrious Stephanie has to leave us. I do, unfortunately. Ah. I got to go to work. <laughs> I know, guys. I know. Work. Rough. Work is rough. So, rough. Stephanie, rough. why don't you tell everybody uh, your uh, Twitter handle and then say your goodbyes. Yes. I am Hello Cookie on Twitter, and um, I am out of here for this week. I'll be back next week with possible tales of Boston Comic Con. If you're there... I will be around, so tweet me if you're there and come say hi. All right. All right, Stephanie, we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, so now that she's gone, we can talk about her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just kidding. I wouldn't care if she was here. I'd talk about her if she was here. Uh, I'm surprised the smell doesn't come through. uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) All right, so really quick, we're going to do a couple questions. Uh, This is from Luke, and he said, I just had a fun question pop into my head that I thought you guys would like to think about, discuss. If you were to have a comic made of your life, what creative team would you want to work on it? Ugh. For me personally, this is from Luke, I would like to have Mark Wade Wright and Alex Ross as the artist. Ooh. Thanks for taking time to read this. Keep up the good work. Um, so I will go first. Go ahead. All right. I would like my, I would like my life to be written and drawn by Mike Allred. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I feel like I'd, that'd be a fun life. Yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely. I, I'd love to say it'd be worth having you know Lee and Kirby, but I think mm-hmm. I'm more on on uh, the team that used to do group, Mark Evanier and Sergio Aragones. <laughs> that's just a, I'm just a misfit, so <laughs> bad things happen. So right, I'd yeah. go th- I think I'd go that way. And if and if uh, Mike didn't want to write as well, I would, Peter David could write my life if he wanted to. Yeah. Nice. There you go. Can I choose multiple artists? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Because my, 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 my life's a little sorted. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with uh, my artist would be Riley Rosmo for about the first 17 <laughs> years of my life. And then 
uh, because I'm on kind of a kick and an obsession, and it might change from week to week, but uh, I'm going to say Tim Sale for the more lighthearted and happy parts. The talking <laughs> comics parts can be done by Tim Sale. Uh, as far as who would write it, Mark Wade's a really, really good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, would he, really, he would really get to the core of your character. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. He, he that's the thing. Yeah, he yeah. just he has such a way of immediately getting to the characters and to the people that he writes that, uh, especially the, the, the stuff going on now with Daredevil. I mean, we I, I mm. sent you my yeah. Talking Comics Presents. I cannot wait to read Daredevil mm. uh, later today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so for a change of pace, instead of picking one of my normal rogues, I'm going to go with uh, Mark Wade as well. Very cool. Very cool question, by the way. Yeah, yeah. A, thank you, Luke, for that question. Um, really funny, you know, obviously, uh, I, we follow uh, a lot of comic book creators, uh, and uh, one of them is Rob Liefeld, and he, he was talking this week about how much he loves uh, John Byrne. Really? Yeah, he was talking about, uh, the, he said the, uh, the FF stuff, uh, and the X Men stuff, I believe, is the stuff he was like. He's like, you'll never read uh, better like stuff. That was him. That the, one of the best writers and artists at his prime. Uh, it's, it's pretty stunning. Yeah, considering all the amity back and forth between the image guys and Mr. Byrne. Yeah, but I just want I, I, yeah, I, I, I'm bring that up. It's it, he he talks about it pretty in depth on 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 his Twitter feed. Um, and we also got a question, and we might want to. Uh, think about this and delay it till next week because we talk about this a lot but uh kurt wanted to he asked us if we had to pick our top five ongoing series what would they be um oh, it's gonna require some time yeah it's gonna require some time of all time or just no, ongoing right now the ones that oh. are hitting the shelves right now ongoing if we've added to the ones we yeah i think so last I, year. I, okay i, I yeah. think so definitely you know you know, obviously, we always talk about Batman and Saga and, and books like this, um, Fantastic Four, FF, uh, and I'm sure some of those will be on the list. But we'll take time, we'll think about it, and we'll put together uh, lists for you guys uh, for next week because I think there probably will be some surprises, some changes from stuff. I know definitely for me, there's something now that yes, there's stuff now that will be on my list that wouldn't have been on the list last time we talked about this. So we'll definitely talk about this. Fury's on my list. Bob did not like your shit list. <laughs> Bob did not like Miss Fury. And guys, if you commented on the site or sent in Facebook messages, uh, we're going to get, or even on Twitter, we're going to get to that stuff again next week when we have a more full featured show. But this is a short show, so I just wanted to do you know a couple email things. I will say, <clears throat> if you guys want to get in touch with us, you know, obviously Facebook, um, the site, and Twitter are all good places, but. You know, if you have a, a question you want answered on the show, really the best place to do is email to us at info at talkcombooks.com. We get so much less interaction on our email than we get, you know, on Twitter or on Facebook. So it's less likely to get lost in a shuffle of a, a ton of messages. You know, mm-hmm. we try to keep up with that stuff. But if you want to assure yourself that we're going to see that question, make sure you write in info at talkcombooks.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Talking Comics is the Twitter, facebook.com slash talking comics, and talkingcombooks.com is the website. Uh, check out all the reviews, columns. The news team has been kicking ass. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be bringing on some new contributors soon. But, you know, th- this stuff has been great. The news team the last two weeks has been pumping stuff out, putting awesome. out content when no other content is going up there. So I want to thank them and thank everybody who's been putting in their time uh, on the site. <clears throat> um, the releases that are on the shelves right now uh, from Avatar Press. We have Crossed Badlands number 27, Night of the Living Dead Aftermath number 6, and Stitched number 13. 
uh, from Boom Studios. We have um, Adventure Time, number 15, Clive Barker's Hellraiser, The Dark Watch, number 3, and Fanboys vs. Zombies, number 13. Uh, from Dark Horse Comics, we have uh, BPRD Hell on Earth, number 106, which is A Cold Day in Hell, part 2 of 2. Uh, Black Beetle, No Way Out, number 3 of 4. Conan the Barbarian, number 15. Um, House of Golden Bones, number 1 of 4. Star Wars, Darth Vader and the Ninth Assassin, number 1 of 5. From DC, we've got Batman Beyond Unlimited, number 15. Batwoman, number 19. Birds of Prey, number 19. Catwoman, number 19. DC Universe Presents, number 19, which is the final issue. Uh, Fables, number 128. Green Lantern's New Guardians, number 19. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, number one, mm-hmm. which is the new ongoing. Um, we've got Justice League, number 19. Justice League of America's Vibe, number three. Legion of Superheroes, number 19. Nightwing, number 19. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 19, which is the new uh, creative team of James Tinian. Uh, nice. We've got Supergirl, number 19. Sword of Sorcery, number seven. And Wonder Woman, number 19. From Dynamite Entertainment, we've got Bionic Man versus the Bionic Woman, number four of five. We've got uh, Dark Shadows, Year One, number one. We've got Deja Thoris and the Green Men of Mars, number three. Evil Ernie, number five. We've got Green Hornet, number 35. Jennifer Blood, First Blood, number four of six. We've got Pathfinder, number six. Red Sonja, number 74. Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, The Eye of the World, number 34. Uh, Sorry, Shadow Year One, number two, is coming out this week, not number one. Um, From IDW, we've got... Danger Girl Trinity, number one. We've got Doctor Who, number eight. We've got Doctor Who, The Prisoners of Time, number four. G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, number 189. Got Ghostbusters, number three. Godzilla, number 11. Judge Dredd, number six. Magic the Gathering, Path of Vengeance, number four. We've got um, Popeye Classics, number nine. We've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 50, Treasury Edition. We've got Teenage Ninja Turtles Villain Micro Series number one. Krang, uh, it's a four. Transformers. More than meets the eye. Robots in Disguise. Oh, I'm way off on that. <laughs> number 16. Uh, and Bitriol the Hunter number three. From, from Image, we've got Chew number 33. Cyber Force number four. Danger Club number five. Five Ghosts, The Haunting of Fabian Gray Sweet. number two. We've got um, a happy trade paperback, which is only $12.99. Uh, we've got Hoax Hunters, number nine. It Girl in the Atomics, number nine. Yeah. Little Depressed Boy, number 16. <laughs> Mara, number four of six. Miniature Jesus, number one of five. Miniature Jesus. Revival, number nine. <laughs> Thief of Thieves, number 13. Todd, the Ugliest Kid on Earth, number four. Yes. And Witchblade, Day of the Outlaw, number one, which is a one-shot. Um, from Marvel, we have Age of Ultron, number six. We've got uh, Astonishing X-Men, number 61. We've got Cable and X-Force, number seven. Captain America, number six. Ugh. Captain Marvel, number 12. Yay. Daredevil, number 25. Yes. Daredevil, End of Days, number seven. Ooh. Dark Avengers, number 189. I'm so sad that's going away in one more issue. Iron Man, number eight. We've got Nova, number three. Yes. Savage Wolverine, number four. Yeah. Um, Superior Spider-Man, number eight. Yes. Thunderbolts, number eight. Uh, Ultimate Comics, Wolverine, number three of four. <laughs> Unca- um, sorry, uh, Venom number thirty-four, Wolverine Max number six, X Factor number two fifty-five, two fifty-four, X Men yeah. Legacy number nine. Yeah. Uh, from Oni Press. Speaking of Colin Budden, Six Gun number thirty, and Six Gun Sons of the Gun number three of five. 
Nice. Uh, from Valiant, we have Bloodshot number 10, Exo Man of War number 12, and from Xenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales number 84. So, Bob, what are you most excited about of that group of books? Captain Marvel number 12. It's our the crossover, right? No, it's teasing the crossover. Teasing but the crossover. it's the end of the whole Deathbird. Cheeky. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, the reason I'm, I'm vamping right now is because there's a new creative team coming on to Thunderbolts, and I wanted to... Right. Well, you vamp. I'll, I'll pimp something here. Okay. Uh, I watched the, the other evening the Wonder Woman documentary mm. over on PBS. Oh, you lucky. I forgot to DVR that. It was amazing. Uh, Christy Guevara Flanagan gives you the whole history of Wonder Woman, the character, historical importance, societal importance, great series of talking heads with creators like Gail Simone, Trina Robbins, hmm. uh, Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill, you know, what meant to the Wonder Woman went to the Riot Girl movement. Awesome. Uh, lots of interviews with regular people and how Wonder Woman touched them and then touches on her legacy, which isn't as much in comics. Xena and Buffy and Ellen Ripley from the Alien films and how right. she, she ran through that and then comes back around into how the book is not quite, you know, where it was then and what's going on. You get to see Linda Carter, certainly. Uh, so check your PBS listings. Those things get rerun a lot. It's a part of the independent lens. I believe they're streaming it online. I was trying to sort that out before I came on the air, but I'm clueless with st such as that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry that I missed that. I saw a bunch of people tweeting about it, and I was just like, oh! I videotaped it. With a, with a VCR? <laughs> yes! Whoa! Very old school. Remember tracking? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Auto, then they, then they made auto-tracking, <laughs> yeah. and the whole world went, oh! Yeah. Um, so the new, the new team hasn't been announced yet? Uh, for Thunderbolts, but Charles Soule, the guy who's writing the new Swamp Thing, is going to be writing two issues of the book mm. after Danny Way leaves. Okay. Mm. Uh, and then they're announcing a new team. Okay, Phil Noto's doing the art now, and the covers do look nice. Yeah, the, I mean, the interior art looks nice as well, uh, but, you know, I was just so turned off, just even by the writing in that first issue, not yeah. just the art, it was it was a, t uh, a tandem thing in that book, so I just didn't have the Punisher but, tied to a pole. Yeah. <laughs> but if there's, you know, a new team on a, I'll give a, a new shot to a new creative yeah, team. I'll try one more. Yeah. If it's, it, it, you always got to give stuff a chance because it could end up being great. Uh, so again, guys, uh, you guys want to contact with us, info at talkingcomicbooks.com, at talkingcomics on Twitter, facebook.com slash talkingcomics, and talkingcomicbooks.com is the website. Uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle. Steve? Mine is at dead underscore anchorus. Bob? Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. And uh, Stephanie, like she said, is at Hello Cookie. If you guys want to email any of us as well, all our email addresses are on the About Us page, and that goes for all our contributors and stuff as well. So anything you want to talk to them about, all that stuff is up there. Um, I also just wanted to uh, make a quick note. A couple people have been uh, sending me their comic book scripts over the last couple of weeks. I just wanted to let you know that I am reading them, and I do plan on getting back to you. So some of them have been really cool. Cool. Um, so thank you for that. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very honored that you would even would even want my opinion. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, hopefully I'll be getting back to you very soon. Very cool. Awesome. Um, yeah. And again, guys, this is a shorter show, but next week we'll be back with our usual overly long show. Uh, we've got some good guests lined up for you guys in the future. So uh, can't wait to see what comes next uh, for the show. But. That's it for Talking Comics for this week. So for Steve. Be good, everybody. Bob. Aloha. I have been Bobby. And until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued. <laughs>